Alphabet Intelligence Podcast. Afrobeat Intelligence, democratizing African music. So, I'm interested in why, you know, you come out, you drop a song, it's impactful, it goes into the minds and playlist of people. And then what you begin to notice is people move from the art and start focusing on the artist. Like at some point, they leave whatever you're giving them and begin to demand for more from personal space, from your own personal yeah. spaces. Why? Why do you think that happens? Yeah. Um, yeah. So you're new, you drop a hit, people know you, and then, yeah, they move on naturally. Yeah. And um, they move past your voice. I remember when I, when I just started out, and we had big songs like um, I remember when I started out with my song Shoddy yeah and uh, everybody was telling me how amazing it sounded and then uh, I came to town you know met with other artists signed up with Chocolate City did Oluku did Ara and suddenly all over the place like my god vocals voice voice it didn't take more than a couple of years and um, that started to die down slowly but then I, started, I started to learn the most important thing uh, which is that people need to meet you yeah, and uh, they want to know your political views, social views, cultural views, religious views. They want to know. Yeah, and of course, no no question is important until it's asked. Sure. Yeah. So uh, the moment the public notices something about you and they ask, uh, it's time to start talking. <laughs> sure. Uh, because um, uh, you can have a fight with somebody they know, somebody they don't know, but it involves you, and yeah. then you move past it, and then the next minute, telling them to dance. Yeah. They don't dance. Yeah. They'll freeze. That's what happened. When they address up, <laughs> you know. So, uh, yeah. So people just want to know from then on because that's the point. That's why you're the celebrity. That's why you're the star. This extra demand, this demand for stuff, for knowledge, for whatever. I had a conversation. I think my last interview I published was an artist name. Is an artist named Zlatan, and he, for an artist like Zlatan, he's now. A star, he's a celebrity, mm-hmm. and when things happen, people look towards him for some sort of guidance, for some sort of like input. But this is a person who has never lived a life that gave him that type of knowledge. This is this is a person who has been on the street for the most part. He's never lived the life of a role model. Hasn't been groomed to be a role model. All this person has done is use that is to make exceptional music that's very public facing doesn't this isn't this unfair to this type of artist to this person who just wants to make music that they have to start wearing different hearts <sighs> Joey, I don't know I don't know it is what it is yeah I don't think anybody's looking to anybody for guidance okay I don't think so uh, that that would be a little not so prudent yeah, but because the, but the majority of the world this is so prudent. Yeah, and then I think it's it's now up to up to the artist to establish a position. Yeah, and then you have to maintain that position. I have certain positions on say maybe giveaways. <laughs> yeah, you'd never do a giveaway. Uh, hardly, hardly. It, it don't mean that there's no day that I'd been online and be like, you know what, I'm just giving somebody money. Yeah, yeah. People are in my DMs, you know. But uh, to now declare fifty k for hundred people. Uh, I have a very hard line against it and I just don't do it. And to a lot of people, that's an, it's supposed to be an act of um, philanthropy. Yeah. Yeah. And then I see it differently. So I, I stick to what I see. And and um, naturally, uh, without any doubt, 
the most important thing here is music, without any doubt. And if your your music aligns with uh, those views, those practices, yeah, uh, people will people will shift slowly, and they will uh, uh, begin to accept your position on the matter. Okay. As long as your position is not criminal, yeah. Uh, you owe nobody. Uh, no, nobody has any right to be guided by you. Yeah. Yeah. So I think um, everything can be talked about. Everything can be. You can then establish a position. People will understand. Hmm. But from what? Where would you draw this position from? Because because music comes with music comes with a level of leadership that is expected. A level of leadership is expected as an artist. And where do you have to find this? This content this this thing for the people where do you have to drag it out from because all you've all you've done is just made music well since you rightly mentioned that it's about leadership yeah then maybe that you can't get away from it maybe that you must find it within yourself to you know to find the leader in you because if if, if your voice uh, comes out as a hit song and everybody yeah. uh, is playing along and singing along then you may just be smart that you are prepared to defend your position. Yeah. And uh, if truly they expect uh, leadership roles from you, yeah, uh, then you may not be able to get away from that. They may just have to find a way. For instance, I I came in with a voice as all bass and everybody thinks I, have, I should have something important to say. Yeah. And I also started to think that way. Like, you know, I can't sound this way and just, you know, want to just make hit songs. Maybe truly I need to be able to say something more. Uh, one time I was on Twitter in 2012. Yeah. And one of my big brother in the, in the business, uh, he tweeted something about how Brimo could, um, if Brimo could break away from the pack, he could just uh, be our Yusundo. Something like that. And How did that make you feel? Like, uh, that was about Deban too back then. Yeah, but how did that make you feel as an artist? You are currently on a journey on very particular mission and someone is telling you that you could be something else something iconic what does that do to your head uh i don't think there's anything somebody says about you that's not in your head okay so if somebody thinks i could be better maybe i'm thinking it too and they're helping me and in that case that was the, that was that was the situation i just saw it and i was like yes for me that was the beginning of a journey like say much less than slaves till now so that, that comment aligned with your vision. Yes. Yes. And there is not one artist on earth who is looking to blow up, who is looking to become big, who does not at one point in time think that they can be great. Okay. And every great person is a leader. True. And so therefore, you have to find a balance. You have to find a way. There is something you're saying in your music and then people want clarity. True. All the leadership you need to offer is in already in what you have said on record. True. So from your music, people can draw their messages. Absolutely. And then in spaces where people don't put messages in music, where they just talk about their lives and they talk about hedonism, as you have done in the, yeah. as you've also done. Yeah. What's the what, what do people now get from that in those situations? What do they get? <laughs> <laughs> what do they get? You know. <laughs> so for you, Brimo, you are eclectic. The music you make spans multiple genres it's not defined by any genre by any classification any stratification and 
people always wonder about one thing when they talk when they talk about your music. They're like, where does this come from? This imagery, this exploration of the human condition. Like, where does it all come from? This storytelling and this mastery of melody. Oh, well, <laughs> I would like to think it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a matter of practice. I, yeah, I remember at, at like 19 or 18 or 17 after, after secondary school. And then there's like uh, a year period. Yeah. Or maybe even before secondary school ended. I, I started out with like a band of my friends. Call ourselves aliens, and uh, between that between that time and maybe two three years later, I probably wrote my first one hundred and fifty songs. Yeah, and uh, I never recorded one of the songs till date. Two fifty records, one hundred and fifty, one hundred and fifty records, and I was just written and lost in files because I was I was new, so I was just learning to write songs. So I wrote and wrote and wrote and wrote and wrote, and by the time I was ready to start recording, I could write better. Yeah, because writing itself is a is a motor skill. Yes. The more you you do it, the better you get. Yes. So there I go, one hundred fifty songs, and then one day I wake up and I have a new idea, and then it beats all one hundred and fifty, and then I just found myself, the song's no good enough. Yeah. But in reality, that was practice. And after one hundred and fifty songs, I think you should be able to write one very great song. <laughs> <laughs> and then they started coming in trickles. Yeah. And then. Uh, there was a song like Shorty, maybe Novex, maybe Breaking My Heart yeah. from like Brimstone. Yeah. And I could say, these are really good songs. Okay. And then all I had to do was focus on those while they were so good. And then uh, by the time I was doing songs like Ara, or looking for Son of a Carpenter, I was, um, I'd improved a bit more. And then maybe I scored one or two, three, four, five new songs that were really good. And then uh, uh, the hurricane came yeah. and it was time to become a man. And uh, so I think that's where the evolution starts from, where experience now merges with that knowledge yeah. of all that practice. And then now you get into real trouble. And you're like, do I go home or do I stay? And from that moment on, if you stayed and you write a new song, yeah. you, can, you can just imagine. So the evolution just steps in and uh, I never sort of stop reading, stop listening to new music yeah. and everything just comes together. And um, yeah, I think it just gets better and better. For instance, Tita was written in three months, all 10 songs. And that's the fastest I ever wrote an album. Wow. Yeah. Like, yeah, way easier than it could have been five, seven years ago. So you think, like, the more you have done this, the easier it becomes. Absolutely. Does it ever get to any point where, because of how easy this comes to you, that you take it for granted? Absolutely. Okay. Well, taking for granted is different because I worked so hard to get here. So taking for granted, no, but it gets, it can be boring. You, you get to a point where it becomes like stale. But even that is leading to another evolution. I remember at, after our show, I was tired. I was just fatigued. I would go to a gig and then I would uh, have to rest for say maybe a week to recoup my energy yeah. so I could be ready again for another event or something. And uh, that phase sort of passed yeah. because I didn't relent. you know. And uh, yeah, you get help. okay okay and doing this like becoming when you showed up on the scene you were everyone knew you were different there was something special like there was something unconventional about primal did you 
find fulfillment in using your gifts for the music you made in this at the start did you did you draw fulfillment from that it was a commercial enterprise ah yes Mo talked about a while ago yeah you are new uh fulfillment is largely about making a hit okay. <laughs> it's largely about omo i got a blow yeah and in, in that time uh your philosophies your ideals your your views uh you're not even clear about them yet you're just hungry and uh so yeah fulfillment was about scoring a hit because that's what success represented at that point in time you need to be known yeah yeah so uh if you ask me between ulikwana for instance yeah when i listen to ulikwana i'll be like vanity what am i even saying <laughs> you know and then and then ara came and then towards the end of the song I like maybe i need to see bit more and then i go shell out my colimole so be more houses buy new cars yeah, be better yeah because at know? that point that's what you were about exactly and then it sort of evolves you know as you go i think yeah yeah your fulfillment starts to become different things at different times and at what point did your fulfillment switch from commercial success to like enlightenment uh well um fulfillment never switches away from success as soon as your fulfillment moves away from material success completely uh what are you doing true <laughs> yeah uh, the, the essence of of depth of culture of intelligence is to is to share with people is for people to like it enough to want to stream again and then to hopefully get hooked on what you you're delivering and come back again and again and again and find soccer in it and find guidance in it yeah. and find uh you know some kind of um appeal that makes them want to listen again and so yeah you can never remove um commercial success but it can't also continue to be the bane the real focus of your work because like i said before people begin to ask more questions yeah and then on some days you have to be politically incorrect to stay correct <laughs> what does that mean uh how to explain it uh it could be anything yeah you know? uh say for instance there's, there's a large um, a larger largely accepted uh, opinion about say when you are accused in public yeah. of something you don't do you just look away because you didn't do it yeah it doesn't always work like that that's not your that's not your philosophy yeah oh on some days it is Okay. Yeah, it depends on depending on the the gravity of the situation. Uh you could be accused of something and you didn't do it and you look at the situation and you can move on from it. And you could be accused of something and you have to quickly speak up. Yeah. So that you could be um clear because the rumor alone could, could harm you. Yeah, but you were nearly harmed recently. Mm-hmm. In 2020. Yeah. You were nearly harmed by an accusation yeah of sexual harassment. Yeah. Exactly, I had to speak up. If I have to I had to go to an extent of making an album called Libel just to address it. To address it so I could seal it up and put it in the archives. So we're saying we're establishing your innocence now. Yeah. Good. And what did that that smear, that's that slime. Yes. What did it do to you as oh, an artist? You got me mad. I was enraged, you know. Yeah. Like why? <laughs> you know. And yeah. There's just nothing I could do other than just speak up. 
And for many, many weeks into months, yeah. I would have to stop people from talking about it that way. Uh, because as I'm from that, I didn't do anything as such. There's never been a court case. Yeah. Never been never been any judgment. Yeah. So people show up and want to just say this person is like this. Yeah. Yeah, you don't let that slide. Uh, because uh one time I was in a meeting and this was following another accusation, which is very popular. Yeah. You know, and and someone told me I shouldn't have addressed that publicly. I said, Well, I should have. I said, yeah, it's a private matter. I said it's not. It's a joke. I said it's not. It wasn't a joke. And because this go, because this all happened in the public sphere. Yeah. And they say it's not a joke. Well, this other matter happened privately, you know. And they said, no, uh, no, it's not a joke. And then the person goes back to that matter and goes, oh, the people who want to invest in you, but you have this uh, sexual harassment uh, accusation against you. I said, oh, really? He said, yes, but I didn't do that. Yeah. And goes, but you know it's in the media. I said, exactly. That's why I must address it. Sure. That's the kind of situation. And yes, someone would think it's, imp- it's politically incorrect. You could have addressed that privately. Well, it's, it's hurting my image publicly. Yeah. So that kind of situation, you have to address it. Did that hurt your business? Uh, yes. Having having that sort of attention, having that sort of like that sort of narrative. Yeah. Because it's a you were accused of a moral crime. Yes. Yes. Having and the work that you do as an artist yeah. is very public facing, mm-hmm. and in this, you, a lot of people might not choose to admit it, but reputation is everything. Even as a commercial entity, mm-hmm. as a person. Yeah. As a person, a man with honor, like reputation is everything. Reputation is everything. Absolutely. And this, when this happened, your business, how was it affected by this? Um, yeah, there's another case of me being accused of sleeping with someone's wife. Yeah, that's another one. Also. And that, that was, um, that was huge. In fact, let me tell you. The one where you were accused of sleeping with Annie McCauley. Yeah. Annie DBR, rather, yeah. sorry. And that, that, that was big. It was ridiculous. And, Oh my God. I carried that for maybe two years. Two then, years. And then I went on to the organized chaos. I just, I just couldn't take it anymore. Yeah. You know, I just had to let it out. And surprisingly, we just dropped um, nine. Yeah. Yeah, we just dropped nine. And nine was going, ooh. First week, we were in millions of streams on Apple, Apple Music. First week, yeah. boom. And it was good. And then I went and I tweeted. And my, and my streams went all the way down to the quarter of that song. Wow. I tweeted it, right? Yes. yes, you brought it to the public And it sphere. still hurt me like that. But why did you why did you decide to bring something that to bring something to your microphone, something that's that personal and yeah. involved a lot of I was being politically incorrect. Okay. To be correct. Exactly. Because if I didn't do that and word was spreading in the background, people would never know the truth and then you could just be hurting me and in the long run you will destroy me completely. And so Addressing it immediately created some sort of halt, sudden halt in my progress. And then, but it was necessary for that to happen then and there. And then as soon as that happened, as we speak, the streams are going back to where they came from. Yeah. So okay. now people are getting clarity and then I go, everything is settling down back. That's how it works. Okay, one, one final question about this before we move forward. When people talk about like being accused of things, about being put in these situations, you know, for a number of people, the people who, the people who would, you know, hold on to these things. There's a school of thought that says, when there's fire, like there, there must be smoke. Mm-hmm. So you might like it, how it translates in the real world is, people are asking why, 
why do you put yourself in these situations? Why, why, why Brimo? Well, <laughs> that's what uh, aspirations do. Yeah. If you, if you aspire to become something, you better believe there's someone, someone who thinks it's theirs. If you want, if you do the job of, of a connoisseur, if you, if you, if you're prudent at what you do, uh, and Joey is the best uh, uh, media personality yeah. in the country. There's somebody else who probably think they are better than Joey. People always think they are better than me. And to be I'm, honest, a lot of people are. But that's very relative. And now you're in a situation. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And that's how it is. You know, that's how it is. So I never knew it could be like that. I thought I could just aspire, write great songs, and just be the guy. And I'll just be the guy. Yeah, but if there's someone somewhere who think that they want that position too. They will uh, present an argument. In my world, the argument is another album. Mm-hmm. In my world, the argument is better songwriting. Yeah. Better vocals. Mm-hmm. If I can sing better than you, I'm better than you. Okay. Problem solved. Sure. And uh, someone else might think otherwise. And however they choose to take the challenge, you're in a situation. Period. When you were down, because we've just established that you were down, when you were down, when you experienced a blip or a dip in fortunes because of these narratives or these situations, circumstances that you were embroiled in, did you, and you know it was hurting you, it was hurting your pocket, your streams were dropping. Do you ever ask, in, those, in that situation, one, two questions from this. In that situation, do you, do you ever think like, I could have handled this differently? No. <laughs> okay. There was no other way. Yeah. Uh, it was important that you suffered this and did it the way you did. Immediately. And uh, don't forget, immediately was years later. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> time is the time is relative. Yeah. So I had to take enough time uh, to establish the situation. There are certain accusations that come to you. Yeah. If they are to be right, you are gone. True. If they are to be wrong, your accuser is gone. Yeah. However, the situation is uh, somebody's in trouble when certain words are uttered. Yeah. And uh, it gets to a point where you need to now, you know, uh, cleanse yourself. Uh, yeah, especially in a place where we are not uh, the quickest to approach the law. Yeah. The law is not the quick, quickest to deal with matters. Yeah. So you find yourself, everything is in limbo. Yeah. The public has no clarity. Yeah. Even, yeah, the public has no clarity. There's no clarity. So everything is in limbo. And people are making up their minds slowly. Yeah. And the forces are sponsoring news. Yeah. If I don't like Joey... I could as well pay 50 guys to start tweeting about Joey and mess him up. Okay. And if Joey doesn't save himself and just keeps quiet and say, my God will save me, my, my feet will save me, I don't know how opposed to Joey. Yeah. You know, Joey may just be consenting. Yeah. So, yeah. I, mm. There was enough time taken and then you have to address it. And then the second question from that time when you were down is, how did you, how did you find pockets of strength to go on because it fucks with your head. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, I think um, maybe that's where faith comes in. Okay. If you if you if you are down enough with what you're doing, it will sort of strengthen you. It will fuel you. I, I started making music first of all because I loved the idea that I could be a lot of things within the box. Uh, if I had to be a footballer and say I was a midfielder, I would always be a midfielder. Yeah. I will never have to play defense. Even if I have all this extra part of energy, I would have to specialize a lot. People will see me playing midfield more. They will see me assisting in defense. 
or, or, or striking. And so music expands more than that. I could be the songwriter, yeah, the vocalist, the performer, the, the one getting interviewed, the one on the investment billboard. Of course, the sportsman enjoy these things too. But the, the scope of being a musician is a bit wider. Because I get to write my songs and I get to go to the studio and record them. Yeah. I get to perform them on stage. All of this starts to do with songs. Yeah. So it's like three, four departments. So it gives me more to do. So I do not feel bored. So I like the process of music making and releasing. That's why I started making it. Also, it now became like sort of an opportunity for me to uh, put out my uh, thoughts out there. Yeah. Uh, to impose so, your will on the world. Yeah. Well, imposition I, suge- <laughs> I suggest <laughs> I can suggest um, your will on yeah, the world life will do what it wants to do with you in the end yeah and uh, I suggest and uh, when I was a, when I was a boy I had a lot of strong views at home my parents would say my son Tao just sit that outside yeah just sit that people don't want to hear that kind of stuff I'm like they want to they will <laughs> I said, don't don't my friends would say something but when I, when I sang, started singing people started being like wow a lovely voice. Yeah. So I started noticing the texture of the voice before they hear what I'm saying. Yeah. So I realized, oh, I could get away with a lot here. I could say whatever I want here. Yeah. And people will be engrossed with how well I sound and now they'll be listening to me. Sure. And as soon as I found that, I just could never look back. And yeah, who looks back from that? <laughs> <laughs> you know? So, yeah. So because of that, no matter what happens, I can always turn to music and be like, at least I can say what I want to say. Yeah, and it provides that that ability that it provides a certain level of freedom oh, and, and, assur- and assurance. It's amazing. And uh, when I discovered that freedom, it now became an issue of who thinks you're not saying the right things. And it became an issue of nobody can tell me that I'm not saying the right thing. So you know what? I'll just be my own executive producer. <laughs> so you find yourself needing more freedom to use that freedom. Yeah. If you do not have the administrative freedom over your work, yeah. you lose this other, this other freedom. Uh, because your record label boss or your at, your manager could easily tell you, don't say that. Yeah. Like my parents. <laughs> sure, sure. So, yeah. Okay. But when, when you make music, when you make music that, when you, when you perf- make, when you're in the music industry, as an artist, as a creative of your caliber, there's a certain, there's a certain way like business is conducted. Like you got a sign, like especially when you want to make an assault on the highest levels. It's convention for you to get signed to a major. It's convention now that Afrobeats to the world is happening. That you're plugged into one of these people with the pipelines, with that wanna sunny, uh, EMI, Empire, yeah. all of all of these people that are trying to connect our culture to a global space using sound. And in these spaces, in these spaces, there's a certain level of freedom you have to give up to access these services. A certain level of freedom. Why don't you want to pay that? Why why don't you like why don't you ever think like I'm weighing the odds I'm weighing the the options I have here. Well, lose a bit of my voice, of my voice, lose a bit of my personhood, but get more for myself and my people, or stay free, 
and maintain my freedom and don't get like the complete access to this. You do not lose complete access because you have your freedom. Okay. You do not gain anything because you gave up your freedom. Okay. In fact. But it's a trade. In fact, you get nothing when you lose your freedom. Okay. You lose everything. I don't care what anybody says. They're lying. It's all gone. You have the freedom. It's all gone. And everybody will see that later. Okay. What are the convictions in, in choosing to make music this way, in choosing to navigate the world like this? Uh, I don't know. It's just, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's like a hunch. Yeah. Plus experience, plus time. I mean, I'm doing better now than when Luku was a big song. Yeah. Way better. How come? You know? And everybody out there thought we were like, boom, these boys are in money. It's, it's a whole different conversation. And uh, um, one era of Andre Nera does not always, it doesn't always, you know, it doesn't always, it doesn't always mean more than all of 20 Nera. Yeah. It's not always. Because I got a hundred bucks uh, from 1,000 Nera. It doesn't mean that my uh, 15 Nera that I got 100% is not better. Yeah. It is better if you ask me because I got 100%. Yeah. Uh, so I could upscale that into 100 Nera later. 200 naira later, if I if I uh, redream, if I re, reshoot my shot, and I've done that many times, and it works, and it is the freedom to exp- to create freely that is nudging me towards progress. And um, yeah, if you show me an artist who will remain the favorite of a certain label for say 15 straight years and just kept making a killing and never got into bigger debt, yeah, then there's freedom there, but there's n- there isn't any. I've been there before, so. Uh, the first thing you have is freedom. In fact, the reason they signed you is because you were free. Yeah. So if someone was to sign you and take their freedom from you, what do you have left? Shackles. Absolutely. You know, and nothing stays sweet forever anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Even even though the most beautiful love stories, they have their struggles. The fact that it was beautiful in the beginning is why you keep having faith in it as you go. And then there will be all those boosts of memory. Those moments where you're like, yeah, this is how we used to be before. And then yeah. you enjoy it for a bit again. And then the struggles come back. But the struggles were very less when you started out. Yeah. So there's going to be struggles in everything. My freedom too will bring struggles. So, yeah. I mean, freedom is a kind of prison, right? Yes, it is. But that's the kind of prison I choose. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So you have this freedom. But let me, let me walk you back a bit. Because I'm always seeking motivations for everything. Because that it's by finding out people's motivations, people's reasons. Yeah, that's how you learn. Yeah. So listen, why? Yes, the why. <laughs> the, why the why's contain everything. Why? Yes, that's how you understand the world and how the wheel grinds. So yeah, when you made a record like you, you had a record like Oleko, you it brought you the knowledge, it brought you public fame, it brought you acceptance, it brought you community because people rallied around you because of that record. Mm-hmm. At that moment, like when you made that sort of record, did you know, or was there any inkling that this was going to be Nigerian or African music lore? No. Did it feel like that? No, it was just, a, you know, hunger, passion, time, chance. It wasn't just aligned. I like to think that maybe because I was coming from, say, Coco Michael. Yeah. And I needed to find success. Uh, 
And then, uh, yeah, I'd shoddy. The video was on Sound City. Emma, yeah. I saw it. Yeah. So Dernley, Dernley contacted me. So Dernley that saw your shoddy first? Yeah. Contacted you? It was on Sound City anyways, and he okay. was there. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, my manager met Dernley, and he was Joker. She met Dernley, introduced me to Dernley. I got nominated for Sound City Music Video Awards. Yeah. Uh, around the period. Uh, I think I was supposed to feature and perform at the event, the award ceremony. Yeah. And then I couldn't. I got that. There were so many of us upcoming artists backstage wanting to perform. So I didn't perform. And uh, uh, I felt like maybe really felt he owed me for that. Yeah. Because he had promised me and then it didn't yeah. work out. He promised yeah. you a moment and that yeah, didn't happen. Yeah, it happened. And I, le- I left it alone. I was so, I was hurt. Like, I well, you felt, you felt You felt pain from it, right? Of course, naturally. I mean, look at me now, Coco Boy. I'll just be on Sansa Team's video. I was, yeah. I would just be like, see, Bravo. And it didn't happen. Like, ah. that, <laughs> that, was a, that, that would have been a big deal for yeah. you. Yeah. So it didn't happen. And then I I just stayed back and left alone. And then, no more than eight months later, he called me and just like, I'm like, oh, bro, it's a long time. And he goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Show me MI. You know MI? I was like, who don't know MI? <laughs> and he goes, he wants to work with you. I'm like, what? <laughs> so Daryl made this connection. Huh? So Daryl yeah, made the connection. Yeah, absolutely. And and so when you said what, he said yes. Say yes now. Say yeah. So I'm sending his number to you now. Eh? <laughs> I know. And before you know what's up, I was making a call. I was talking to Abuchi. Yeah. And then, sorry. Abuchi is an OG. He's been around He's forever. Been around. Been around. <laughs> yeah. And then so I was so speaking so. to Abuchi and the next thing I'm visiting and meeting Jesse, recording my first song with, with Jesse on high. <laughs> literally and we had L-O-V-U and yeah and then so immediately you made the call you guys arranged to see was it that same day uh, maybe a week later yeah and uh, uh, I think M wasn't around when I came yeah. but Abuchi took the call and asked me to come I got there and M wasn't around I met Jesse I think that was the plan so I met Jesse and I was he was in the studio playing his um, Jag of All Trades album okay this was two weeks the release of the album. Did you have any sense of occasion about that moment, going there from Okomaiko and going there, getting into the space where there was already proof of concept? Sorry. No, no, it's <laughs> yeah. all good. It's all good. We're, we're, we're drink, you're drinking water now. I have a Long Island here. Joey is <laughs> drinking early morning. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't me. <laughs> Brian was a bad influence. <laughs> so so you, walk, you walked in there at that point. You had achieved considerable level of success because I believe for an artist you, the highest level of exper- of success you've experienced is the highest level of ex- success you've experienced wow yeah touche <laughs> <laughs> so at, at that point that was your you had gotten to a certain peak yes on the personal level yes. and then you walk into the space where there was already proof of concept that something was happening here that it was bigger than yours was there a sense of occasion that day? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That was, uh, the air was charged. Okay. You know? This was me just going, um, <laughs> not just jags, but yeah, see, oh, um, my house at this room. Mm-hmm. And it was good. And we did that song, Hello You. Yeah. And um, two weeks exactly later, it was just his album launch. He took that song, mastered it, put it on the album. Wow. Just like that. And I got invited. And that was the first time you met him ever. Ever. Okay. I never met MI yet still. Yeah. But you're already on the Chocolate City album. Was that simple? 
Okay. It's crazy. And then, Twitter was at the album launch and I met Emma and he goes, Ah, Brian Moore, yes, yes. Ah, okay, you said not shot, man. Something like that. <laughs> 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 like, well, how do we, we're laughing about it. And, uh, yeah. And that's how everything just came together. And before you know what's up, uh, three months down the road, we're recording, uh, I think right after that, about maybe a month later, we're in the studio for action film. And I would visit, go back to Kokumaiko, come visit, go back to Kokumaiko. And yes, Oliku. And so at that point, you were still living in Okokomaiko. Yeah. But I would come over and stay. Mm-hmm. And it was around the time we recorded Oliku that I stayed. Okay. And, and uh, yeah. Coming was, over means Lekki or VI or where? I was Maryland. Maryland. I was okay. Maryland then. Oh, right, Banikoro. Cool. Oh, I right, call. Cool. Uh, and then I would go and then we recorded Oliku. So yes, we didn't know. I didn't know. It was a fluke as far as I was concerned. So every time um, the record label would check in on the song before I released it, and they'll be like, wow, oh no, this thing will blow. I'll be like, mm. <laughs> 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 You had doubts about it, it, like, it, its chances. What are you listening to? What's going on here? Okay, whatever. But I was sure that the vocals were really open, you know. Uh, yeah, see, that's another kind of evolution. I found this new space, recording with people yeah. who were already established. And I think that was sort of fueling my aspiration and so only was the moment where it all came alive and uh yeah it was a process because thinking about it now jesse uh walked in and altered the production of Oliku. yeah it was a different song before he walked in yeah sort of but same course yeah exact course so he just replayed the instrumental he rearranged it and then boom it was a new song and it was just so good but I think it has something to do with the fact that I did LOV with Jesse first. Yeah. And I did a lot of touches on Oliku. It has something to do with the fact that we did action film next. Yeah. So a lot of us now then came together. It was the first time and maybe the only time that uh, all four of us were involved on the track like yeah. that in different departments. Yeah. And in fact, Abuchi did some engineering work on the album. Wow. On the song as well. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So literally everybody played their part and I think all of that came together and just, just created. When did you know that it had blown? Was it instant for you? It was too quick, Joy. <laughs> like too quick. Time limit, a, a, a week. Yeah. So what? 24 hours. Whoa, 24 hours. You knew this was a this had blown. Yes. It was ridiculous. There was no social media then. Oh, there was. There was a certain level of it, but what we have, we don't have the amount of access we have now. If you ask me, I think we'll look birthed influencing. Okay. If you ask me. It was the first time people were just online going on and on about a song. You know, and aside from the fact that uh, social media influencing here had, had just been born, uh, there was a whole month to two period where Ice was playing this song to every DJ, every OAP. Before the record came out. Oh my God. He did a lot of work. He was seeking ideas, seeking advice and playing to everybody. What do you think? And they're like, yeah, I should release this. It's a great hit. It would be a great hit. And so he- It was unanimous. It was amazing. That's how I knew that it was a moment. And I think for me, right after Oliku, I started looking back for that moment that never came back until Merchants, Lessons, Slaves. When, I, when were you looking? What was in that moment that you were looking for? I was looking for an alignment where I could write like that and sing like that every single time. Okay. I wanted to be epic every single time. And Oliku was the first time I was that epic and I wanted to 
standard zone. And uh, I sort of had to experience a, a, a slippery slope before finding it again. Uh, because from Oliku to my era to Good Morning yeah. to the entire Song of a Carpenter album, I think I experienced a steady decline in output. Well, people uh, would say, like, for someone, for an artist who has had a song, Olik, was being a part of a song, Olikun, and then you've gotten Ara, and you've gotten a lot of records, and then down to Good Morning. Good Morning is still one of the best records ever released in this country. Amen. Yes, it is. It's so beautiful. Wow. But, <laughs> and why do you think there's a decline when, on the front end, people would say, this guy is consistent? Well, I can tell faster. I'm my own first critique. Okay. <laughs> so I'm just listening there and going, ah, it's work again. <laughs> and it's fresh inspiration. And I want Oliku inspiration. I just want to be in that zone. Yeah. I write like that every time. I sing with an open voice, mind like that every time, no matter what I'm saying. And now that I have more experience, I would like to say important things. And so, uh, that opportunity came with songs like Down, songs yeah. like, uh, you know, the old Merchandless and Slaves album. I was already writing MDNS anyway, before I even left the label. So, so yeah. So, the idea is to, yeah. I think it just, yeah, you know, you know, you just, you just keep, keep it going. <laughs> and this brings us to a very important point in your story, in your journey to this moment. You had music enthusiasts from previous years, like the previous generation. I, I like to, I'm still, I'm young, but I like to think I came from a generation before this one. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that hurt us the most, like broke our hearts, like was when you left Chocolate City. We felt like you had, you committed a crime <laughs> because it appeared to be going so well. Yes. And at that moment, I think I was just getting into the industry in 20... You left in 2012? 2013, 2012. 13 years. Early, early. I was just getting into the... Early 2013. That was when I was just getting into the industry. I didn't know Jack from anything. I was a pure fan. I was a civilian. In this <laughs> <laughs> oh, <my. laughs> I was a civilian <clears throat> in this business. And the first thing I get hit with is... Brian was leaving Chocolate City. And I was like, no way. Mm-hmm. Was it hard for you to do that? Oh, yes, it was. Because I had found my mind in Promised Land. Okay. And from here on, they were all going to get it. <laughs> this is it. It was your springboard to, yes. to success. Yes, it was time. I mean, I saw the world first of Chocolate City. Mm-hmm. Traveled everywhere. Asia to Europe, Af- all of Africa. Everywhere. He performed everywhere, everywhere, and it was good, you know. And uh, so when when everything started to fall apart, there was just nothing I could do about it, because uh, after a while, I started to realize that you have to find a way to float, yeah. or you drown, yeah, sure. to save yourself. And uh, yeah, it was it was hard. It was very tough, especially because there was a there was being sued for contract breach. Yeah, there was being. Uh, you know, arraigned in public spaces. Well, did you did you breach the contract? Uh, no, I didn't. Okay, uh, Libel did, and then I had to walk away. Yeah, and uh, yeah, that in, that in itself is it's tough because I would have preferred that this kept going on. Yeah, I love steady progress. 
And it was very tangible then. It was working. Yeah. Whoosh. <laughs> and and that 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 entire drag, because I followed the case, you guys went to court over and over and over and over again. Did you find did you guys finally get to a resolution? Because that's not in the public sphere. Yeah, unfortunately. What know, was, I remember the last day in court. Yeah. The judge sat up there. And it was time to give a judgment. And he looked at the chocolate city lawyer and goes, um, it was about to give his verdict, I think. And then the lawyer goes, uh, uh, the judge is biased. And then the judge goes to my lawyer, what do you think? And she goes, as the court pleases. I don't know what that means to it. I'm wondering, as the court pleases? <laughs> as, as, as argumentum ad uh, baculum, appeal to authority. Okay, whatever. Anyway. There's been, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> there's been a meeting behind closed doors, clearly. Yeah. And uh, uh, the judge goes, he'll be moving this case to another judge. And that uh, he has been accused of bias. No way. And this was a case that had been clearly won. And I was just standing there going, where's my 50 million <laughs> damages? Because you were supposed to earn money from that. From damages, yeah. I was sued and I countersued, naturally. And... Uh, uh, I was supposed to make money, maybe even 100 million, maybe 150. I can't even remember anymore. And uh, there was a case being trashed. That was sounded like they were dumping it, even though they said it was transferring to the judge. And right after that, I asked my lawyer, why? What happened? And then uh, she goes to avoid a Watergate scandal. Yeah. Yeah. So, and so when you accuse a judge of bias, that judge has to protect their integrity and their honor. They have to recuse themselves from the case. Yeah, whatever. Anyway, <laughs> well, yeah, that's what happened. And then she goes on to say, don't worry, we're not coming back here. I say, of course I can tell you're not coming back here. So what happened? What deal? What deal did you take behind me? Sure. You know? And uh, he just wanted to, to end. He, so you'll be like, every artist has to sue their labels. So, so did you feel betrayed by your lawyer? Of course. I'm going, so why did the judge say he was moving the case? Why didn't he just say... Like, why didn't they deliver something substantial? And just say that the case is gone, so yeah. people can hear it once and for all. It took me another three, four years, maybe three years, for for Larry to get a call from Audu saying that the case has, the case has finally been removed from that's, court. That's Larry Lawal, Lawal, your former manager. Yeah. And then he got a call from Audu saying that the case has been finally moved from court and they wanted to go public and tell the public. I said, they want to go public with that now? So three years later? You better just keep it, leave it alone, you know, because, you know, yeah, important thing was that is it out of court? I said, but it was out of court in 2016. Why are you making it sound like you're doing me a favor now? Yeah, yeah. So the case was out of court, and you know, yeah. But being in that, being in that sort of case where I believe when an artist takes, when a label and an artist they're clashing, and publicly, very publicly, your case was yeah. very public. People were attending uh, sittings. Yes. All of that was happening. Yeah. I believe that. You're fighting on primarily two fronts. Um, four. <laughs> okay, four. Okay. A lot of fronts. Yeah, on a lot of fronts. <clears throat> but for me, being on that end then, being on the public side, mm -hmm. I see two fronts. What's really happening in-house and also what's happening in the court of public opinion. So you were in two courtrooms at the same time. Same time. And Chocolate City had a lot of love because they had provided 
a conveyor belt yes. of artists and hits. Yes. And you were just an artist within that system. It looked like you were rebelling. It didn't look like you were fighting for something that was important to you. It felt like you were ungrateful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's how it looked. It looked like uh, you got fed and you bit the hands that fed you. Yeah. But who was feeding who though? Okay. Because I'm the artist. I create content for the level to sell. Everything revolves around that content. Literally. And so all of our compromises, uh, uh, there, there seems to be a lot of attention being paid to money being spent to fund this content. Yeah. But uh, is it really money you spend to promote music? Is it? Because uh, a record label has all of its contact. Yeah. And uh, uh, there is creed. There's, there's, there's a reputation in the business. And the more reputable you are, the less money you spend. Because uh, people now trust your work. Joey wants to play your music on his podcast. Uh, this OAP wants to use your music on their, on, on their program because they trust your delivery. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah. So we were literally feeding each other. Where it's a partnership. Uh, it's, it's strange that uh, when you are getting signed, you are treated like a partner, like the artist. Yeah. And we are the business. Yeah. And after you get signed, you become a, an employee. The power dynamic, the dynamic yeah. switches. Switches because uh, they spend money and they tell you you cannot release this track because our friends and that's for assembly will be offended. You can't release this track because my banker friend will be offended. Yeah. My lawyer friend will be offended. Uh, why would you say that? That's politically incorrect. Nobody stop you from saying misogynistic things. Yeah. They don't stop you from being homophobic. They don't stop you from being uh, anti, anti-progress. Because that doesn't touch the paper. It does. Now it does. Back then it didn't. It's always done. It's always done. There's no misogynistic song that reigns for long. After three, four months, somebody will listen and be like, what's, what's that? And they will just drift away from the song. And they'll drift away from the song. And three, four, five people. I've been somewhere in South Africa one time. And these South African girls were enjoying this Nigerian song. And they were just having amazing fun. And one of them goes, what is this song saying? Because it's a pigeon song. Yeah. I said, this is what the song means. And they go, oh, I don't like it anymore. And I realized in that, in that moment, the song was making reference to a promiscuous woman. Okay. But when so, it, so it, so it was finger pointing. So like, um, yeah, you know. It was, was an accusation. An accusatory finger. 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 But it was a sweet song. Yeah. And then I explained it in English to the girl and she goes, uh, and then I realized immediately she's a club girl. Yeah. We're in a club. <laughs> and I just realized, oh, that was one of my first lessons. About content. Yeah. Yeah, about how you could be selective and then you could uh, be pointing fingers and then it, it affects the flow of the music after a while. Everybody feels accused and then they will stop listening to your song. Those are the real issues affecting record sales. Not a politician. True. But people would, making an argument for the people uh, who were maintaining this, this, this viewpoint in a country then, now we have the liberty of streaming. We have the liberty of building digital communities. We have a diaspora audience seeking for soul searching and seeking for connection to, to what they have lost in the past. So all of these things can provide avenues for an artist to generate money and make music in, in, by making music. Mm-hmm. But back then, 
a lot of these channels were not open. A lot of them were not available to the to the world, even to the execs and the people who were considered powerful. What was available was you make this music, you take this song, and you whether you pirate it or not, just make sure it gets popular. And then we'll go to all the people who have the money. And back then, unlike now where the money can come from, uh, you know, global companies trying to like monetize the content. Back then, the money sat with local entities that had vested interests and they wanted a certain level of control about, about like in spaces where people connect with the public because that's where they derive their power. So if a, if a, if a record label boss go with, has an artist that people love and can understand that they can pally that, they can trade that acceptance, that love into fina- for lucre, what they would naturally do is to go where the money resides and try to cozy up with this money because that's how they improve their bottom line. Mm-hmm. An artist like you would represent the problem. Uh, everything is as it is, as we have seen it to be, as we yeah. wish it to be, as we will it to be. Yeah. Uh, if, if, if record labels in Nigeria back then wanted to, to suck up, sit up, sit together and create a, a marvelous working distribution system, for instance, they would have done it. They didn't do that. And there was a time we said, our city is selling very well. Yeah. They didn't do anything about it. Nobody focused on the actual primary sources of income. Today in Nigeria, we're still not focusing on the primary sources of income. All our streams come from abroad. True. We haven't been able to find a way to monetize local, locally to make music, MP3, have value locally. Exactly. Sir, that's the real problem. Wherever else you go for money, you're a criminal. Yeah. Eventually. Yeah. You will deal here and deal here and deal here. And you start sitting in dark rooms, standing dark papers, and then start saying that I spent 50 million around you. And, and, give, and, about that. and, and give him bits of your soul away. Slowly, slowly, slowly. Yes. The freedom. And then you have nothing left. Nothing left. Just a fracas between you, you and the, your, your, your signee, your artists. And then uh, you're there sitting in court telling everybody how much you spent on the artist. And uh, you cannot make your money back because you did not figure out how to make your money back. It's a business. Yeah. Uh, Apple didn't make an iPhone and then tell you how to sell it for them. Yeah. They didn't do it. They literally have Apple stores everywhere. People yeah. queue up to buy the phone. They control the entire process. The entire ecosystem because they needed to market this product. Don't you see Coca-Cola trucks everywhere? Everywhere. Every <laughs> nine, nine out of ten times when the truck breaks down on the road in Lagos here, it's a Coca-Cola truck. Going to distribute it Going to goods. distribute the goods. That's how much they distribute. That's how much of a network they have. So who's going to do that for you? The artists? We can't do that. We can't take care of that. And I saw that. I saw that the business wasn't done right. It wasn't. Oh, right after I left, I made Larry Lawal start a distribution for cities. Yeah. At some point, we had maybe 50 stores. Yeah. In the same country before we finally just packed it up because we're going more digital anyway. And then to try my hand in it, that's it. And the little progress we made, I could tell that if a consortium of people, if a bunch of record labels had done this 10 years before, it would have been huge. But, but LD tried to do that with Alaba. What? LD, L, <laughs> with LD, who? LD took, <laughs> no, LD took us to Alaba in the past. 
That's the thing. You can't be fighting what exists. You have to just start something. You have to pull the rug from under them. Okay. That's what you gotta do. Because within a year to two of just the different city ourselves, Alaba was coming back to learn it a while. Now, now saying, we want to offer you money. Yeah. Don't, don't, just, don't do it yourself. That's how you get power. You solve the problem. When you solve the problem, then other people will rally around you to yeah. share from your solution. To share from your solution, yeah. So why look at the man who is doing this and tell the man, you're not doing well, you're not doing well. Great. What are you doing? What are you doing? The man should be looking at from far and going, damn, he fixed it. I lost. Better. That's how you win. That's how you win fair. You know? So nobody did that. Nobody's doing that. I'm literally discussing an app that can be like an African streaming platform. Yeah. Nobody's doing it. Maybe I, maybe they'll wait until I build it. <laughs> because I found myself solving all the problems that I complained about. Yeah. Yeah. And everybody can pretend right now that I did not call an alternative yeah. and I didn't invent that shit. They can compare, they can pretend that I didn't uh, evolve the songwriting, the stage performances, artist presentation, how I speak on TV, how I present myself. They can pretend now that they don't remember how all of that came back. I brought sexy back, Joey. Yeah. Slowly and steady. Yeah. But how did I do it? I complained. Yeah. I was online tweeting, 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 and it was like, shh, shut up, it's the call, it's the talk. Yeah, the I, world, yeah, people think, people used to think you talk. Then I went back to my drawing board and I started solving the problems one after the other. And today when you come and say like, I'm best on they'll be like, have you met Brian Ball? <laughs> <laughs> I'm the bestest, have you met Brian Ball? That took a lot of years because I had to now put in the work and shut my mouth and then do the work. And people will see that. And then for being this way, being hyper-independent, being super convinced on your convictions, holding fast to the things you believe in. And that can be seen as an act of protest. The world interprets that as an act of protest. No, the world is protesting. Yeah. <laughs> but, but I'm not seen, the one protesting. <laughs> you're seen as anti-establishment. But I am an establishment. How, yes. can I, how can I be against something that I champion? You see, that's the problem. I'm, 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 I'm anti-regressive establishment. Okay. Uh, nothing should be rigid. Nothing yep. should take a form permanently. You're progressive. Yeah. So even, even in my own box, it's constantly, constantly expanding. Even if all I can do is put a brick here today, you cannot be rigid. You can't just take a system and then lock it down and say this is exactly how it always be every day. It's business. You could try that with personal relationships. Uh, because you don't want to uh, destroy the connection between you and your loved ones yeah. or you and your friends. Yeah. You can keep those rigid. You can try as much as possible to not offend your friends. Yeah, to not bring a lot of like disorder into that. Into that. You can try. But this is survival. Yeah. I'd like to outdo Joey <laughs> to really better a better podcast. That's the point. <laughs> yeah. This is supposed to be chaotic so we can get results. And then this year they'll say Joey is the best presenter. Yeah. And next year is Brimo. Yeah. And next year is Joey. That's the point in the story. And if that's not progress, I wonder what is. If one or two, three guys are sitting on top and just sitting at the tip of the pyramid and just going, I am the shit, I am the shit, every day, every day, every year for the next five years, that's a regression. It's impossible for your tweets to have 20,000 likes every time. Yeah. It is... Ah. It's impossible. People don't like you that much. Yes. People will tweet less and tweet less. 10K retweets today, 15K retweets tomorrow. 8K next minute. Because, because the world is always in flux. Come on. Not the only one. So somebody wins today, somebody just tomorrow. Well, in sports, where well, we can see you on the pitch. Then you can be Cristiano Ronaldo or Messi then. 
because you see it every year. Yeah. In music, where you can be primo, you can be the best songwriter every album you drop. Then we see it then. But don't I have to go back to write songs? You have to. Last night when Messi scored four goals, tonight he's not playing, somebody else scored three goals. He's not shining today. Yeah. <laughs> he shined yesterday and now he's resting today for somebody else to shine. And that's the point in the story. That's the nature of the world. Yes. You left Chocolate City and there was a huge shift mm-hmm. in what you in how you approach the art. Yes, you via conversations, even now and before, mm-hmm. you are always insistent on how financially rewarding this is how how rewarding it is both financially spiritually like chasing your path mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but there's a school of thoughts that believes that you you went away from the masses like you moved away from the masses curated your own people and you're there that's the same school of thought that sometimes when you when you analyze their their thought processes, mm-hmm. you begin to see like they overlap with people who still believe that your greatest work is uh, is still Ara <gasps> and Olekun. <laughs> yeah, they overlap because <laughs> because those are those are those records are in a certain format that mm-hmm. you don't that you seldom touch. Yeah. So, so do you think they? Those people who have this thought about, those people who feel alienated, do you believe they have a point? Yeah, I find, I find it strange that everybody wants to have a niche now. Okay. And everyone used to tell Brian Will to break away from the niche. And everybody was watching Brian Will invent the niche system. And I find that very strange, you know? Uh, we, we live in a society that just looks for somebody who's a hard worker and then they try to snatch it out work. Yeah. While telling them you're too stubborn, you're too stubborn, yeah. you're too stubborn, and then they want to take that which you've been, you've created. So, uh, most importantly, it is a point of view, yeah, which they have a right to, mm-hmm. and uh, I also have a right to my explorations, and like I, like I said, before, support to creative license, yes, and uh, uh, the concept of creating a a, a niche a movement of my own. It's working pretty well, if you ask me. And success for me is in, is in, is in different, 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 different status. And uh, uh, money, fame, yeah. um, impact, impact. And uh, with with impact, you can um, uh, you will make money. You you'll be fine. And all of this stems from the fact that you have freedom to create in the first place. Yeah. Uh, so as long as I as I hold on to that, as long as I have freedom, I'll be fine. And yeah, people have their views. All the people who feel like say it's not Ara Oliku, my biggest works, uh, they need to know that I I moved away from the singles market a long time ago. Yeah. And then after a while, I started uh, calculating my my uh, uh, success of my publishings. Yeah. In terms of uh, the body of work. And if you look at the success of, say, uh, even MDNS is doing better than Son of a Carpenter. And uh, that's the most important to me. Yeah. The fact that I have a body of work that together forms uh, a bigger picture. And uh, between Hallelujah, Mijay, and Akoko, 
Yeah. Ara doesn't have enough stream. <laughs> you. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, and that's and, and that's the point in the story. Uh to be able to have a body of work that surpasses yeah. just singles. That's and, and after a while, is everybody not going back to albums now? Yeah, they are. They are. They are. They are. They are. It's an it's moving towards an album market. Mm-hmm. But you've always been there. Exactly. So they're coming to meet you. Well, that's the point. And why do you think there's a, there's a certain pushback from the mainstream against you? Because that's the point, you know? So it's a wheel. Yeah. Yeah. Grind against each other and then life is birthed. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, I like being the dick. You fuck the world. The world loves it. <laughs> Is that not the most important thing? Yes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you could, yes. be, you could be a five second guy. Yeah. I'm not that guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you play the long game. You are. Oh, Joey. Yes, you play. Oh, my God. <laughs> you play the long game. Okay. So you've done all of this. You have, you've created so much work, so much content, you've touched lives, you've impacted people, and you've, more than anything, you've inspired a lot of people with the work you've done and the way you've chosen to go about it. At the end of the day, what makes it all make sense for you? Freedom of expression. (laughs) Still. You keep mentioning this freedom. Yes, because um, whatever you can express freely, you have control over. Like yeah. I, don't explain, I don't know how to say that. Like uh, I like to say that uh, whatever was whatever is done in the dark from start to finish may be vile. Yeah. You know so what you did? How you started? How you ended? You finished it? You completed it? Try and say it after. Yeah. Try. Try and report somebody after. You find yourself stuttering. You find them going, mm, you did that. <laughs> because everything was done in the dark. Nobody can see you, so when it's time to be reckless, you'll be like, well, nobody will know now. <laughs> you will make mistakes. Oh, you will. Suddenly. Because I was in my mother's womb for five months. She didn't know I was there. Yeah. And she was taking drugs. For five months. She was taking drugs that could have aborted me. Or, yeah. because she was seeing her period, so she didn't know I was there. Yeah. She was making moves. She was making mistakes. This was not deliberate darkness, though. She didn't even know. I know. Something is in the dark. Mistakes follow. Back to back to back to back. True. Because it's darkness. So I know what I'm saying. Because that's where I came from. So, and that's why God does not just, you never seen anybody who got pregnant yesterday and just sit them to them and boom, the stomach is like this. There's nobody you saw last week who wasn't pregnant and then boom, they have a baby next week. It takes time. It's nine months plus. Gestation. It will grow slowly and the world will meet the child before the world meets the child. True. Because the, the child will grow in the tummy for you to see before the child is not birthed for you to truly see. True. So life reveals everything slowly. Why should we hide things? You know, so... And uh, what was the question again? <laughs> about like, how, like, how it may all make sense and... Yes, yes. So it's expression. Uh, the freedom to give, to share as I go. Yeah. To share as I go before I now I'd show you the whole, you know. And... Uh, even with nine, we had to take like a nine month break from this mostly social media. I told everybody that I was making an album. 
Yes, I was making an album. And it's called Nine. And it'd be out on so-and-so day. And then I left. And as if the past, they can look forward to that occurrence. And uh, I mean, you see that I love the movies all over the world. And somebody announces a movie two years before it's released. And the whole world is waiting. As soon as you put a date to it, you made it into like a pregnancy. Yeah. And now people can watch it grow, come closer, even when they cannot see it. Sure. It's no longer in the dark. Because <laughs> I have a date. And so it will turn out good. It will be beautiful. And most importantly, I'm mastering the act of timing. Yeah. What it means to be successful is to be on time. Yeah. Yeah. Period. Success is about alignment. And alignment, timing so, is one of the most important timing elements is of everything. alignment. Yeah. So if you are, if the show starts on time, if I say album drops on 27th of May and it does, by the way, that is the essential recipe of what Primo does. Yeah. I'm quite surprised. Artists are not doing it still. I'm quite surprised there's a lot of shift of dates when it comes to album releases. A lot. This don't mean that I cannot shift an album release date. Yeah. Of course I can. But if you put out five albums and you tell them this drops on this and so four of them should drop on time. Yeah. People need to trust you. True. So when people trust you, People trust that Brian Moore's album will drop a day Brian Moore said. Yeah. And so the people will trust that Brian Moore's concert will start when he says he will. True. And people trust that the album is as good as Brian Moore says it is. Yeah. Is Brian Moore not successful? Yes. <laughs> yes. And that's it. And now you can scale up and scale up and scale up. And then you can now have 10,000 customers or 100,000 customers because you are trusted. True. So yeah, that's, that's what's in it for me. Yeah. The, it's, it's the game. That's the game. Yeah. The joy from being on time. Yeah. Ah. If you're on time, everybody will come. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? True. And everybody will be happy. And I mean that literally and metaphorically. Yeah. All right. So just before I, the first time I ever considered interviewing you, first time I said, oh, Brian was doing something that's amazing and reflective of this game. Um, I want to go have a conversation with him and have more people understand his mindset and I got a lot of pushback that said, don't do that. Don't interview Brimo. And, I, and my question is why? And they're like, he's divisive. I ask why. And they say he's, the way he sees the world and communicates it is not something that we agree with. And my question to them is, I'm, am I a politician? And neither am I, and I'm not the arm of anything. My job is a journalist to reflect the truth of the industry, both the business and the art. And if Brimo is a part of that truth, or if Brimo even sheds light on that truth, then why not? So, do you consider yourself divisive, Brimo? Not, not by any any uh, inch. <laughs> I, um, in fact, I have, I'm like, uh, how do I put it? Uh, some people have to make efforts to unite people. Yeah. To mediate, sit in, in quarrels and yeah. settle squabbles yeah. to create unity. Yeah. I, unity exists just by my presence. Okay, so your presence is a unifier. Without any effort whatsoever. Now imagine when I now start to proffer solutions with my words, my lyrics, my music. So it's all different conversation, but there will be a section of society that will see you the way they see you, irrespective of what you think of yourself. People will dare to look the opposite of it. Um, because uh, divisive, uh, in fact, I make effort to 
not only uh, find solution to problems. I find the solutions. I, I find the solutions. I practice them. Then I report them. Okay. Whatever it is that I do not know for sure about that I've never done completely, I will not solve the problem on a song or in a book or anything or in, in a tweet. I will not. If there's ever been any solution I prefer to a situation, I have at least practiced it on a scale. Even if I'm, I'm preferring it for a nationwide or, or continental scale um, um, suggestion, I must have done it to a level. Yeah. And music has taught me that, like I said last time, success is just being on time. Yeah. So if you, you see, if you plan to do something and you get it done on time, you have succeeded. True. And so therefore, you will get better results every time you're on time. Yeah. Which is the point. So success is punctuality. Yeah. Which is like a local government to a federal government. It's the same thing. You're just scaling up and scaling up to the governor. You're scaling up to get to the federal. So, yeah. So like I said before, and, and because of that, I know for sure how scaling works. And so I cannot be divisive. I cannot be. Uh, in fact, um, when I started out in 2013, and I, I started with a new manager, yeah. and my producer from way back, I kept my team together for eight solid years. Wow. And when finally my team broke apart, I still do not know how my team broke apart till this very moment. So, therefore, I, I cannot be divisive that when it even came time to dismantle my, my own personal structure, it was done behind me. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, 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 this, speaks into, this speaks into your new project, Theta. Theta, yes. Theta. And congratulations. Thanks, thank Congratulations. You. I've been playing the project, digesting it getting into it just just understanding understanding the the beauty behind it and by jove by jove it's it's an exploration into our humanity into the many struggles the dilemmas and the conundrums of humanity and then the part of you just feels like a lamentation a sigh what could have been it's, it's a poignant project, really. Even thinking about it's it, it's uh, a, <laughs> it's a, uh, it's, 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 it's. Where, where, where oh did you, where, where did you, where did you have to go to to get this? Oh, I had to turn several days into one. Okay. For every song, <laughs> <laughs> I had to look. Boy, it was something I had to do. It was just part of my life that period. I used to stay up a lot for that time, and so that that, that sort of it gave me a lot of um. I don't know. None of those songs took me more than an hour to write. None of them. So I'll be up two, three nights and then in my theta state. Yeah. When it's time to just fall asleep, I pick up my phone and I start to write a song. I like, I like this chorus. Now instead of me to go to bed, I will stay up and type it. And then before you know, I'm writing a verse with it. And then I'm writing another chorus with it. I'm not up again singing all over the place. But the song always comes from a theta state. And uh, what, what, what's, a, what's a theta state? Uh, just just before you fall asleep. When you're wide awake, you're in alpha. When you're asleep, you're in beta. Yeah. But there's that space in between. When you're lying down, yeah. your body is tired, and you're yeah. about to sleep before you start daydreaming. You always get some very lovely idea for work. Sure. Those moments before you sleep. Sure. That's theta state. So I took it. I took it every single time, and I would get up and then use it. Because I already have the first line coming to me, maybe a whole chorus coming to me while I was lying down. I just get up, and then I finish the song. And then I go to bed, finally. And um. I recorded most of the song, most of the album, the same way. Yeah. Yeah. I'll be up a couple of days and then I'll go to the studio and Biggie's looking at me like, bro, you're tired. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to record this song today. 
but, but, but then that that thesis that uh, theta state sorry theta state <laughs> it's such a tongue twister uh, that uh, theta state as is this the only way is this would you recommend it for as a way for people to perform at their highest selves well i i only did that one time and fortunately i do not repeat the same process for any other album okay so I'm allowed to, sh- to share it freely right now because uh, I've used it already. <laughs> yeah, true, true. So, so yeah. And most, most importantly, during the process, I could not explain what was happening yet. In fact, I named the album Theta before I wrote it, before I recorded it. Yeah. And I found out about the Theta State three weeks ago. Whoa. In reality. Okay. So I'm running my mouth now like Theta State, Theta State, Theta State. Yeah. yeah. I, had no, I had no explanation for why I chose the name in the first place until three weeks ago. Whoa. Okay. I'm going to do more research into this. <laughs> so it's like, it's like, a, so usually, this is why I argue that whatever needs to be said yeah. is what is said. Yes. It's, if something is supposed to be said, you won't say it. You will not remember to say it. But there are a lot of unsaid that, that needed to be said. Then that's somebody holding back from saying them. That's different. Okay. Okay. Yeah, you can hold back from saying things, but you cannot mistakenly say something you're not supposed to say. It's impossible. Because whatever you understand is what you will spew. Yeah. This consciousness spews talks talks on your behalf. True. If you check, people who talk a lot have people with strong memories at the same time. True. Come on. They're speaking a lot because they remember a lot. Yes. So they're resolving and sharing. That's what you're doing. So you cannot say what should not be said. Okay. So I, I cannot tell you process when I'm writing an album. Yeah. When I'm recording it, once I release it, I'll be like, oh, oh this is what happened. Yeah. I couldn't have told you when I was doing it. I didn't know what I, I was doing. <laughs> <laughs> I get you. Sometimes, sometimes you get you gain perspective in, in in with the benefit of hindsight. So the the desire to make such an album was what made, drove me to making the video I did. It was all desire, and by the time the desire is now met, you will now realize the process that took you there. True. For for certain records on this project, I think illusions. I know you've gotten a lot of love. Or illusions. I haven't quoted one of your tweets, one of the lines for me just before I got here. Because I just, I've be, it's been on constant repeat. And you, you describe the story of someone who went in search of gold, got to the wrong way. Well, not really. Hmm. I was rewriting a story. Okay. I was writing a story of the, the transatlantic slave trade. And I've been trying to avoid interviews about it. But now, <laughs> that's, that's the song is the most politically incorrect thing I've done so far. Okay. Especially because it, it throws jabs at the West. Yeah. Um, in reality, my position is that we are the slavers. Yes. We are the slavers. We are the slavers. We found the opportunity to and just sold. To, and we sold. We sold. But we've always, before even before they came, we were all the slavers. We were, we were already slavers. So, but the story was necessary. Like sort of, sort of like a reaction to uh, a trend I had noticed in Hollywood. I watch documentaries and I will, about slave trade and stuff, and uh, I will hear white people, white men, say many times that not one black house slave ever killed their master. And I will hear, I heard it a couple of times. I'm thinking, yeah, somebody's supposed to do that, though. Somebody's supposed to just be able to do that, you know? Because it, feel, it now felt like we we allowed it to happen for centuries. And right after I posted Illusion and the album is out, people are giving me the reaction that people probably gave 300 years ago. People were asking me. Why did Boy kill his master? Is that not murder? 
Nigerians. People do not realize suddenly that boy was a slave. He was fighting for his freedom. All they can think about is there's a boss. How did you kill boss? That's the thing about. Do you think that's do you think that's a function of how aspirational we are? People never think of themselves as a slave. They see themselves as the winner in every situation, as the boss of that no, story. No. Not many people. Hmm. So they can relate more with the boss. They're empathizing for the boss. The slaves. Oh, okay. Especially because they are one with boy. They're one with me. It's our country. This song is about our race. How can you empathize with the boss? <laughs> It's about you. That's the craziest part. But the, but the boss, the boss, the boss is seen as ensuring self-survival. Ensuring survival. This boss is slave master. He bought you, he bought your brother. He then saved himself. And then you ask how he's not supposed to be arrested. He killed his boss. For, <laughs> for, for, for freeing, for freeing your generation. You should be punished for it. Yes. Like we would do here. No good deed. Goes unpunished. Goes unpunished. It was it is a practice. It's constant here. You know, as soon as you do something nice, everybody there's a lashing immediately. And then they'll pretend after they get the message weeks, years later, they'll pretend it wasn't you who set the trend. <laughs> they still they will they will come around to using it. Why we are very different as a as a race, why we're very unique, is that after learning from what the person did that they punished the person for, they still will not give the person any credit. <laughs> well, well as, as, as a function of shame you're practicing what they preached so you clearly learned later just Wait. say the word just say well done thank you <laughs> it's well, okay but well, well, people well, people are usually ashamed of of, of, of uh, being students again and having new information and then after you learned it after you found use of it you're no longer a student you're now practicing when, when I just gonna turn around and say oh, well done thank you when <laughs> yeah, so, and the, this culture is what's very prominent in civilized communities. All they do is that they, they just reward their, their heroes. They try as much as possible, generation to generation, to not let them die, to let them win now. Oh, what you have done is great. We're going to find a way to make sure it works. Yeah. So you can also earn and be, and be good at it. Yeah. Don't be a hero. Just relax. Don't be a hero. <laughs> Don't die. <laughs> Here's your reward. Be happy. Be good. Do more for us. That's all. <laughs> And that's why there's usually the saying that you should learn, you should give people their flowers. You know, well, I don't, I don't like flowers, my excellence. <laughs> I brought back Joey. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And being someone, being, being someone with, with a very unique view of the world, being someone that, being someone with a very unique view of the world, being someone that has over time, like unraveled parts of the world that you don't believe, like the general populace, have or they've gotten to that realization yet i've seen you share these perspectives i've seen i've seen it generate i've seen it polarize the world a lot of people push back a lot of people say you speak the truth in your own experience being this way navigating the world as this what has been your own experience being this person um i would say clearly joey that uh, for every day that i compromise yeah and i Try to be less of myself to accommodate uh, all the talk too much, do too much, uh, feel too much, think too much. Yeah. Uh, for every single day that I compromised and stepped back a bit, I suffered. In what sense? I suffered emotionally and physically. I always suffered. And that was when I knew that it was time to be myself completely. And 
there was a time I could take the suffering. Even up until Osho, I could take the suffering. I was very disciplined, very conservative, always indoors. You know, I went out too much. And then right after Osho, I decided something popped into my head. I said, what the hell are you doing? Like, literally, you've been around this place for a while. You've never been a pop star one day of your life. Take this one year off and let go. Everybody asks you to let go. Let go. Stop thinking. Stop feeling. Just be open to everything. And I did it. You were there with me at the interview. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I was. I was lucky. Like, the lockdown was for me. Like, the universe made me crash into it. Yeah. It was a terrible one year between 2019 and 2020. Yeah. But nobody knew because I was, it was lockdown anyway. And now, something else you need to understand. Yellow was meant to be out August 2020. Yeah. October 2019, I just woke up one morning, called Mickey and said, let's start recording. He said, how about later? I said, no, let's start now. I didn't know anything was coming. I went to the studio. I was hurried. Started recording Yellow for no reason. Then I finished in December and started mixing. And by March, it was ready. And I said, I will release April Fool's Day. I liked the date. And two weeks after, I, I sent the music out to Apple and the rest, and it was ready for release. A lockdown was announced. And the lockdown was 31st March. And the album dropped the next day right after, the very first morning of lockdown. Yeah. Yellow dropped. It was a miracle, Joey. Yeah, I remember I remember that day. I went to, I went to, I, I, I was on the, in a meeting with a streaming executive. I was in a meeting with a streaming executive and I'm like, Vimo just dropped an album, Yellow. And the person's like, the person went on their platform and saw that someone had already uploaded your music. That's when we began to make efforts to reach your manager then. Instantly in that room, I called your manager and like, I'm with this person. The, the project you just dropped now is on their platform, but I'm not sure it is from you people. You guys interact and know what to do next. But it was such a moment, Yellow. It was one of the soundtracks of our lockdown. It was the soundtrack. Jesus Christ. It was amazing because it's one of the markers so, of this amazing journey. So yeah, I see myself, I see, I do not see things differently. Yeah. Joey, I'm like everybody else. My imp impulses, my automatic responses are equally corrupt, equally bad, equally messed up. Yeah. I just have a, a hold back switch sort of so after i something pops into my head to do immediately my thoughts kick in yeah but what is this thing i'm about to do what does it mean what will it mean for me and now i've done it for so long that on days that i'm not rethinking what i decided what i desired i wanted to do somebody else will walk in with the conversation i need to hear joey yeah and i just go oh i was just thinking about that now yeah then it will give me clarity true because i've been seeking clarity for so long on the days i refuse to seek clarity for myself the universe sends somebody to me to give me clarity if I do the thing. So, yeah. And I don't know, Joey. It's just what it is. I feel like giving myself to this process, to timing, to timing. Yeah. For instance, yeah, we were always, always ready a month before, three, four years ago. And yeah. I'm already a month before and then I'll push it out. And then we'll send it out. We'll wait for two, three weeks. We'll do, uh, we'll do uh, what's it called? Pre-order links. We'll do, yeah, we'll do yeah. the markets. And we had two solid weeks already uploaded already, or set to go even. And then suddenly lockdown came, everything shut down. And even I started to find it difficult to be punctual. Between nine and theta, we could have missed release date. Yeah. But I had been keeping to the release date for so long that 
a, a new company in one RPM came to Nigeria suddenly this an office here and you don't want to know Joey. Nine was released three days before the date. We sent it for upload three days before. Data four days before. Wow. Just because people knew that it was gonna come on that day, they were expectant of it. Somebody somewhere was able to help, and then it happened twice back to back. I was late on both albums. Nine, yes, clearly because of the entire spread of songs, 18 songs. But with Tita, it was just 10 songs, and we're still late. And they were just sitting there going, you come again, right? You don't come again, and they help us again. I just, just had to make 27th. It was impossible to make 27th. It became impossible to make 27th. Shout out to 1 RPM. Shout out to 1 RPM. She's headed by her, their African oppression, operation. Osage? Osage, yes. She's been on the podcast. She's amazing. She's amazing. She captioned, she captioned Tita, actually. The caption you read on I, Apple Music was written by Osage, I believe. Wow, that's beautiful. And she asked for a caption and I didn't send early. And then I saw that I was like, ooh, Osage, you killed it. <laughs> yeah, because she, she had to listen to the music, you know? She had to. And this has happened. But with this, your music has always, while it has maintained its quality, you've um, it's always delved into a lot of things. Um, like take, for example, Merchant Dealers and Slaves. What was that project about? Much um, as a slave was about, um, yeah, uh, yes, 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 makes sense now. Oh, sh- everything comes to a head <laughs> at illusions. Yes. yes, 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 yes. Everything I said on MDNS in the title, yeah, I, I was able to expand shit more on illusions. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, m- m- specifically, they just uh, creates uh, the, the the three processes between slave trade. Um, functioned uh, there's a merchant which is at sea who, t- who takes delivery of the goods then there's a dealer who's a slaver yeah then there's a slave you know there's not a name for that and <laughs> and so yeah it was that was that was a, a title for the album and our illusions is the nitty-gritty the story of how i choose to approach it when i when i when i did mdns uh, i had to specifically um bring it home if you ain't got freedom, you can give. You know, no person, you know, get your right. Yeah. Black people, they measure their pretty size. Yeah. Just this for sale, now who go buy? We want no more slavery in this land. So that was the one I brought home. Yeah. That was me saying, yo, we're enslaving each other. Yeah, that's what we're doing. Illusions is the extension of that. In fact, now I feel better because illusions is the balance for MDNS. Uh, it came later to now create balance for it. Everything I, uh, everything I accuse my own of, I've managed, I finally managed to extend that same um, accusation to the detractor. And it's all beautiful. It's all lovely. And um, yes, Ooh, that's what it's about. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's this song on, on theater. I know we spoke about like the, your public tribulation, but... There's this song on Teeth, I'm trying to find it, where you addressed it completely. Ah, Joey, 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 Joey. It's Oga. Yeah. What was Oga? Yeah, Oga, Oga, Oga felt like you were, you were just, you, was, you were telling your, your story. No. Oga is a story of, um, of um, an abuser. Okay. Oga is a rapist, <laughs> literally. And which had the verse two said that, uh, you, you been show her where the tools be yeah. until she's been plating. Understand? Yeah. The munitions and piles, switch plates plenty. In heart cold and soul, you know if you save it. The pain is still fresh between her legs. So, 
Okay, I was an abuser. And she was stealthily waiting for him, holding his own pistol. Mm-hmm. That he showed her cash, cash off of, of, a, of, a, of tools. So she took the pistol and was ready to just like kill him. Like, this guy literally just has me locked down here. He just uses me however he pleases. She was going to kill him. But by the time he came back, he was bleeding. He was getting judgment in the street already. And he was bleeding so badly that she dropped the gun and left. And left. Because he was already getting his judgment. Whatever takes off your ear, he's trying in for your head, clearly. <laughs> so, and Ogano the hero, now that thing happened to her. So I don't, Oga is my own delve into taking a proper stand on the issue of abuse. Yeah. That if I were to abuse a woman, these are the things I deserve. Okay. Yes. If I were to do that to a woman, that I put the judgment on the song just in case if I'm one of them, it could also be meted on me. That's all. That's, that's deep. That's deep. And in, in a way, within the past, in the, in the past few years, you know, someone has someone laid, has said this of you before. Mm-hmm. That's why I made a song. Libel wasn't enough. Yeah. I made libel for healing, for uh, for any any victim of, of abuse who listens to libel should be able to find soccer in it. Yeah. But it wasn't enough. I had to deal with that first. Yeah. Because I was, my angst was higher then. Yeah. If I were to speak, I will, I will not write, a, I will not write balanced lyrics. I'll be emotional. So I had to, first of all, ignore myself and then try to, a profile support to anyone who may feel abused by relieving myself of his story and just letting myself go. And, um, you know, uh, and then now I came around to doing Oga, which was, which is the balance for that as well, for libel. Why is it important that you always have these balances? Yeah, because uh, there's always two sides of the story. And then when you hear those two sides, there will not be a third side will not emerge as the truth. There's no... Uh, there's there's a practice of now your own be that's not my own be this that's what um the open house together is about yeah uh, that one I own some of you work for me that one if you work for you it's not it's, it's not a very great culture we must we must adopt the culture of um talk I talk then the truth will emerge in the middle so many times I have conversation for people when they're telling me their opinion I'm thinking about mine and then I'm going to talk in the third offering most of the times when I do that however people tend to assume that I'm telling them my own perspective. But I'm, I'm telling you the resolve. I'm telling you, I'm, I'm discussing the, the third, the balance, because I've heard from you. I know what I think. Now I've heard from you, so I will arrive at the balance, at the, at the, at the third angle. And that was how I found out that uh, my surrounding is very, very, is, is teeming with folks who insist, even when the solution is staring at them in the face, and you just say, they're like, no, not for you, Sha. No, it work for you. And you say you're different now they will find a way to still personalize the solution to you alone. They will refuse that they can apply to them. We do not believe in universal truths. We do not believe that it's something that can be constant in a situation. That when you go front, right, left, you arrive at the middle, and that will be the solution that works every time in that kind of situation. It works every single time. It is perfect. It is universal. We don't believe that. Self-evident truths. We don't believe it. We try to still say, yeah, it may not work for somebody else, shall. No, there are things that work for everybody. If we find them in everything, we will advance. That's what it means to be advanced, really. They resolve every issue. Look for the middle ground in every issue and apply that middle ground and insist on it every time. Do it for every conversation and then everybody's fine. And now we're advanced, we're civilized. <laughs> we, are, we are actually like developed. Simple. 
if we start to behave like that, some of us will start to invent things too. True. Yeah. True. <laughs> and an extension of this, an extension of this, and knowing the times we're in is is politics. And I want to know what you think about our politics. Yeah, well, uh, up until now, I was I was only ever interested in the politics of the music industry only, because that's where I make a living. And uh, but lately, I'm beginning to get a jab at myself. Like you live in this country, this is your country. You have to give your opinion to on politics, on general politics. And so, yeah, because it affects you directly. Yeah, it affects me directly. And uh, some of the issues that I'm dealing with within my local industry or within social gatherings, I started to see them even with the ruling class. Yeah. And I realized, oh, sh- all in this together. Yeah. Same problem from here to there. Sure. So what are the solutions to this problem? So I, I, I've become more interested in, in national politics in offering my opinion publicly too. And I would do a lot of that from men's because um, it goes beyond liking candidates. It goes beyond um, stigmatizing the politicians as all corrupt. It goes beyond that now. It's gone beyond that. I think we may have to settle for less evil, less evil until we find good. <laughs> That's my point. We may, we may have to do that because you can't go from evil to just good. You start to find less evil first. And yeah. then, yeah, and then eventually you find good. So you, so you think we're, we're supposed to start the process now? It's too late. But yes, we can still start. We can start by just picking the least evil for now. And hopefully we'll get good in the future. As long as the evil reduces, good is on the way. Sorry, good has arrived. <laughs> yeah. You see? Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, Someone was saying that while I'm finished, trying to finish, no, they come and go. They yeah. finish. They finish, actually. Yeah, it does. He finished for UK. Now, lockdown rule, now promise that break. Now, be the problem now for UK. Lockdown rule. Yeah, because a lot of them don't have the, the level of problems we have here. There are also problems today. The lockdown rule is complaining about. You break lockdown rule. Lockdown rule. <laughs> but the, our own self, they, um, politicians share that. Um, they share that our palliative as birthday. You talk about you talk about lockdown lockdown rule. You know the amount of crimes you do on top of that one. <laughs> so like literally, <laughs> probably they finish. Probably they finish as you solve them. You could you could advance. You could solve lesser lesser problems. Yeah. But for you, for the people in the UK, that is a big problem. Because they insist that they stayed home, some parents died, some people, some uh, king died, friends were hurt, they couldn't see their family member, and you were breaking the rule that you give us? I get you. From, <laughs> from, from, from this end, from, <coughs> I have this belief, I have this belief in, you know, in the individuality of pain. So, the hardest thing you've ever experienced is, and that's how I like, sort of like process other people's pain. That's how I show empathy understanding like everybody there's an individuality of pain everybody's pain is yes and the hardest thing they decide they decide how deep it is for them yes and the hardest thing you've ever faced hmm, is the hardest thing you have ever ever faced so if the hardest thing they faced is you broke down lockdown rules that's what that's what it is then it's valid that's what it is for them that's the biggest problem there it is a huge problem because i was watching on tv the Prime Minister was getting questioned and they were, he keeps jumping up to explain himself. He cannot not explain himself. But when you fly down the At- Atlantic, you see somebody stole 60 billion. And nobody's talking about it. We don't care about your lockdown rules. Lockdown rules. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So, so uh, with, with all of this happening, you've, you've done this for a while. 
you have pursued excellence across many forms in, in many ways. And you're at this stage now where you've achieved excellence to, to a certain degree, even though you keep saying there's still a lot to do, there are still places mm-hmm. to go, there's still a, the journey is just starting. It's still day one for you. For you, going forward, yeah. what's most important for you now as a creative, as a person navigating this world? What's most important for you? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Everything is important to me, Joy. Everything is important, like waking up, eating, yeah. taking a piece, taking shit. Taking a shit. Having sex, <laughs> eating, <laughs> sleeping. Yeah. You know? Everything feels good. Life is good. You know, I love life, you know, and that's the most important thing. I just, all of my angst, all of my complaining is to make sure that what is good becomes better and what is bad can sift towards good. Yeah. We are supposed to never be righteous, but we're never supposed to stop trying to become. We're supposed to become better and better in character. We're supposed to be better. Let me use the word righteous now. Yeah. It's supposed to be better. Just the same way your pain is your pain. Yeah. That's the same way your evil is the world's evil. Yeah. You must fix it. No matter how small you think your evil is. You need to fix it. You need to fix it. You need to keep fixing yourself. Because since I was 30 years old, I found out things about myself I didn't know I could do. I found out about myself I didn't know what's there. I've heard things about me I didn't know anybody could say about me. Just between six years of my 30s. I'm a different boy from where I was 20-something. So in this period, I've lied to people. I've cheated some people. I've let some people down. So I must also fix up and improve my character. Improve my character. And no matter what got me there, hunger, pain, you know, impatience, I will have to fix it. I will be more patient. I have to tell less lies. I have to be, you have to do that as you get older for your peace of mind at least. And yeah, so everything matters to me. It matters to me. Changes across everywhere. My greatest job in the world is just brainstorming every day. Yeah. about the domain of human existence, the domain of character, of social of social relations. Yeah. Yeah. Compartmentalizing relationships. Why is that important to you? Because it gives me peace. It gives me peace. If I treat everybody the way they should be treated, I'll be fine. And it works like a miracle. This life could be heaven every day, Joey. Yeah. It's possible. It's possible. It could be heaven every day. You could, if you make the right choices every day, you'll be fine every day. You'll be happy every day. It doesn't have to do with money. It doesn't have to do with choices. Every encounter you have with people is a pretty situation. Yeah. So, can you make it pretty pretty Can you make it pretty, pretty, pretty? Can you find a way? Balance, right? Yeah. If everything goes right or left, it's a pretty top pretty situation. Yeah. But you find a middle ground. It's like making love. Yeah. Someone's getting fucked, but it comes, so they're good. Yeah. So everybody's happy now. Nobody yanked their pussy from them. Nobody ever forced your dick in your mouth. You wanted to do it, both of you did it together, and then you arrive at the climax, and, and then you say you made love, and then there is no victor, there's no vanquish. Everybody just gets what they desire. Nobody feels fucked. But somebody got fucked, though. Some people got fucked. <laughs> so nobody got fucked, everybody's good. <laughs> okay, I think we should, I think we should probably end this. Um, t- uh, is out now, All Stars, one of the, it's a beautiful project. I've listened to it. I love it. I'll continue to listen to it even after this. And thank you so much, Brian, for thank giving you, yourself to for giving yourself to humanity. Thank you so much for continuing to 
Thank you, Joey. But I really, I give myself to self. Yeah. But the I, most, I, the most like, selfish thing you can do is the most selfless thing you can do. Just like the same way. I have to look for the balance between selfish and selfless every time I do something. Yeah. I cannot be selfless. Yes, I get you. Neither can I be selfish. I get you. Yeah. <laughs> for, for, being, for being selfishly selfless. Thank you so much. Thank you very much, John. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you. <laughs>